so that, that was like definitely a pick-me-up that I learned in, in Sinister 7. It was super hot. I was feeling low. I ate a pickle. I felt amazing. Oh, so, yeah. Electrolytes in there. Yeah. Well, so if I want to beat him, I got to eat pickles. Yeah. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> We'd like to thank uh, Maureen Van Overloo from Leadership Lab Consulting for snacks and the space to record our podcast today. Yeah, when you're not building your running capacity, why not consider building your leadership capacity? Uh, to find out more, just search Leadership Lab Consulting on the web. Here's our show. Welcome to the Happy Feet Podcast. I'm your host, Dave McMillan. I'm here with Cam Ultra Trois. Yes, sir. How's it going? Oh, not bad. And this week's guest is Steve Griffith Cochran. Hey there. Welcome. Glad to have you. We had a few recommendations to get you on, and uh, we're finally glad to have you here. And to start off, when was your last run? Uh, this morning. Where'd you go? I, I did, well, I did a, a mixture. I did some trails with my dog to kind of warm up, and then I did, uh, did a session on the roads. Went out to, uh, towards the highway, and then just kind of around to the airport loop and back. Nice. Yeah. How far did you end up going? Uh, 15, 15k on the roads. So yeah, it was, it was that's a decent little run. Yeah, yeah, it was. It was it felt like kind of doing some speed work today, so I was throwing in some faster kilometers, and then. Uh, but it's it's nice having a dog, so I can just go up for an easy run beforehand too to warm up. So. Good stuff. Who runs faster, you or the dog? Oh me. <laughs> yeah, he's he's not that big. He likes to stop and like sniff everything, and yeah. the, that's why I go for like my like warm up or cool down runs with the dog. He's like he kind of slows me down a bit, which is oh. great. He's like my injury prevention dog. So, yeah. <laughs> Good yeah, stuff. Yeah, I see you often going up and down uh, school draw with the dog. Yeah, yeah, so. that's, yeah. That's right close to where I, I live, so we're we're often heading into Tin Can Hill. Yeah, yeah. how many kilometers do you usually get in during the week? Uh, late, lately it's been, uh, well, this past week it was 70, 77, um, the, through the winter I haven't actually been doing as, as much cause I've been mixing it up with skiing. Okay. So yeah, so it kind of varies like in, um, I, right now I'm increasing the running kilometers, but I, in this winter I actually skied a lot more. So. Okay. Is that new? Have you always skied? Uh, so I actually skied before I ran. Like I, I cross country skied and um, through through junior high and high school. I used to do biathlon, and then it was I actually got into running af- after that, like from from skiing when I was in late high school. Oh, cool! Yeah, so. nice. Yeah. Do, uh, how do you find us like in the winter though? Like uh, I, I know you can go in some pretty chilly weather skiing, but do, uh, do you find running the same way? Like, is there do you have a cutoff? Uh, not not a formal one. I I, I think. Usually when it's like around minus fifty, like they, they, there's definitely a lot of questioning of, of like, what am I really doing out there? <laughs> like, yeah, and and so I've I've gone out when it's in like the like minus forties, but yeah, it's usually pretty short, and I I get really cold feet, um, and that's been like I I feel like the over the past several years it's been like this sort of wave of extending like uh, figuring out the right clothing and. Um, this year i i i made myself some like foot warmers out of um uh, beaver pelt and shoved them in my into mm. my running shoes i got like oversized running shoes that i could um with a, a beaver pelt i could throw over my toes so Pat- patent yeah. pending on that or yeah <laughs> well no well no I, I technically it's a copy of like the aurora foot warmers that that are for sale oh, okay. so i think they probably have the patent okay I, I copied their idea so okay yeah i've done that with rabbit fur just yeah, to, it's it's a very helpful thing. 
It's not a bad idea. Do you use the the shoes with Gore-Tex on the toes too, or I I have like I I've played around with a bunch of different ones. So um, I I got the like most of the running shoes I run in are ultras because I I just kind of like the wider toe box on them, and so I got a pair of the the um, uh, the Gore-Tex upper ones. But I I found that they're a little bit stiff, and then so I this year I actually had a, just a pair of the superiors, but I got them size larger, and so it just gives me enough room that. My feet can move a little bit more, and the um, the beaver pelt is like windproof anyway. So yeah, yeah, cool, mm-hmm. nice. Uh, yeah, so seventy seven kilometers. You're saying this week or mm-hmm. this past week? That's quite a few. Is that like a typical summer, or is that is that like a baseline? I feel I feel like that's sort of getting into a, a baseline. Like when I've when I've been training more, I've usually been aiming to get up closer to a hundred in in a week. That's um, that's like a lot of time. For all, all yeah, a lot yeah, of kilometers. It's, it's a, yeah, it's a it's a lot. Like and and um, it, it ends up being a bit difficult trying to fit it in through the work the work week. But I I find so a lot of it ends up being on the weekends. Like I'll okay. get up in, on a Sunday morning and and do a, a three hour run or something like that. That's pretty significant. Yeah. Yeah. So a lot of people seem to have, I don't know, like preferred distance. Some people train for like half marathons, marathons Uh, in the past. Well, we're we're aware of you, uh, you've completed some very large distance runs. Mm -hmm. Uh, How did you get into those? I, it was, how did I get into it? So I I got into (laughs) ultras Part in part way through my my first, uh, I or I, well in, into my second year of medical school, it was kind of a bit of a weird way of getting into it. So I, I I was doing. You weren't busy enough. <laughs> well, was, so I um I I I was running like ten k's and half marathons, and I had been doing that um, I through undergrad and and then like I, I I really was pushing it more into half marathon distance in my first year of, of medical school, and then. I actually ended up getting into a car accident in, in, in my first year. So I, I was um, I, I, uh, driving out to go for a ski and I ended up hitting another vehicle and um, oh, breaking my pelvis. And so it was, wow. it was pretty nasty. And, and so I, I went from, I, like I was running I, out a week or two before the accident. I had just put in my best half marathon time. And then I went from that to like... Like doing laps of the unit in the hospital with a walker, and then and and so like I was recovering from that afterward, and the the following fall, like it my um, my girlfriend who's not my wife, she was really getting into running. So it I, as I was recovering from that, she was trying to increase her distances, and and that's kind of how we got into it. So she was doing her first half marathon, and she was and I was recovering from it, and she was like you know, you, you should sign up for this too. And we can do that together. And then she actually signed up for, um, I, for the half marathon at Mount Robson, which also had a marathon. And there was kind of a bit of a bet back and forth where she was like, well, if I'm doing the half marathon, you could do the marathon. (laughs) (laughs) How um, long after, uh, that was, so that was in September, I think. And the injury was in February. So that's not, long after <laughs> no <laughs> yeah I was yeah like I, I I feel like the 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 one of the learning points for um I've told a lot of people is like it, it's it's not just a good idea to be physically fit for like your health right now but you never know when something's gonna happen I feel like you know being young and being physically fit really 
benefited me in terms of bouncing back. Um, so yeah, so we did that. And then she signed, um, she had found the, the Grizzly Ultra Marathon in, in Canmore. So that was a 50K and um, in October of that year. And, and that kind of spiraled from there. So, yeah. Oh, yeah. wow. <laughs> yeah. So. That's the traditional story for doing ultras. You just push it a bit more and a bit more. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah I, I feel like it's a, it's a fun, like once you, once you get into it, it's, and it's sort of this, um, I like it, 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 the, you're always racing against the course, not as not people like there are other people in the, um, on, in the race, but I feel like it's, it's a really different race that I was used to. And, and I, I, I coming from a big injury like that as well, mm -hmm. like I had no, um, I, I no, idea of like what I was going to be able to do like they, they I had sort of like a b and c goals where like the, the one of the goals was always just finish the race and 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 uh, um and then if I was able to push it faster than that then that was awesome and yeah so that would have been your first marathon mm -hmm. that fall how how did it feel like afterward uh, pretty brutal. Um, <laughs> I, I didn't know how to pace things very well. I, I started out with, there was another guy in, in the race and he and I started out like together and we were kind of neck and neck. And I think I definitely took off too fast and was going up. It, it was, um, it, if you've ever done the Berg Lake trail at Mount Robson is what's going up, up the, the trail towards Berg Lake. And there's a, this one section that's a, uh, a big steep hill. And, and so I was just like, running the switchbacks and not not hiking and that sort of thing and then I hit the like I on the way back down I I, I got to the bottom of the hill and just hit a wall like I was just like it probably hadn't fueled very well and he you know dances past me like just uh, as, because he's been <laughs> taking his time and and I um like I, I it was, that's probably like one of the most unwell I've ever felt during a race. Yeah. Like I was like <laughs> walking from tree to tree, feeling like I was going to pass out, but eventually you just kind of get to the end. So yeah, so there's definitely a lot of learning involved in that one, but yeah. Well, yeah. That's the marathon can be, it, it's a humbling experience. <laughs> yeah. 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 I feel like I, no matter what, like there's always, uh, there's a, yeah, just a lot of learning for like each race I've ever done. There's yeah. A lot to learn stuff so that slowly crept into a 50 and so how did you make uh we're aware you've done even larger distances yeah <laughs> how how did you make the leap from that to like the crazy like 100 mile races <laughs> so i did um after that race i i i i did a well i came, came up here in medical school and I, that's when i did the the um, the marathon here. Um, and then I was in Northern Ontario and found out about a trail race down in, um, uh, in Northern Minnesota. And that's where I, I uh, moved on to a 50 mile race down there. So it was superior trail races and it's following just along Lake superior. Oh, wait, we, we should add, uh, you hold the records for the marathon here. Yeah. We, we looked it up. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's on the website. So. Yeah. It's official now. Yeah. It's on the internet. Oh, nice. <laughs> Excellent. Yeah. That still stands as the only road marathon I've ever done. Uh, oh, okay. Oh, yeah. So interesting. Yeah. Yeah. The, um, uh, I've, I've actually never ran, like I've done a lot of road half marathons, but I've never ran any, any road marathons other than the Yellowknife one. So. Oh, cool. Yeah. <laughs> um, but, uh, yeah, then I ran a, a 50 mile in, in residency and then, I um, signed up for Canadian Death Race right after residency, so I 
finished and and ran ran that in twenty sixteen. That's a hundred kilometers. That one. One hundred twenty five. One hundred twenty five. Yeah, and yeah. that's all hills and trail and. Yeah, it's in uh, Grand Cache. So okay. yeah, so it's there's a, some. Um, it, it's a pretty nice race because you do get like kind of over these mountain tops and there's like a lot to to see and it's, um, and then the uh, my my wife and I were doing a fellowship program through the states and um, and. We were heading down to Tucson for a week, and then we're working in a vacation afterward. And so I, I saw that there was a um, uh, just outside Zion National Park. There's a Zion ult, um, Ultramarathon, and so that was when I signed up for my first hundred miler because I was on vacation. Uh, yeah, at the, at the end of the vacation. <laughs> yeah, not the, I think it's probably better to do mar- or races at the end of a vacation, not oh, yeah. the beginning, because it's otherwise you're like hobbling around for yeah. <laughs> the whole vacation. <laughs> But um, yeah, so that was the first hundred mile I did, and then a couple of years ago I did Sinister Seven, which is also hundred miles. So, okay. how the heck do you train for something like that? A <laughs> uh, hundred miles—that's not just like. Well, I, I think the average person can sort of visualize a marathon. It's mm-hmm. like four or five hours. You're out there. Mm-hmm. Hundred miles—that's you're getting into like an entire day plus worth of running. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> I think so. Um, think thinking of, about it, and that's something that I learned from another runner in, when I was in doing Canadian Death Race, because I um, uh, was running sort of leapfrogging with this this one fellow through a large part of the course, and I actually found out who he was part way through because he um, I'd seen his name before, but he was a surgeon from um, I from the uh, Calgary area, and and. I, I asked him like the same question because I was like, you know, you're a surgeon. Like, how are you doing this? Because he's um, and and his answer was really just keep it simple. You know, you you need a, a speed day, some hills, a long run, and then fill in everything else. And and that's I, I kind of followed the same strategy because if like if if you set, I, I feel like I so much of the rest of my life is like really scheduled, and so I, I feel like if I'm trying to do that with running, it just makes it not really enjoyable so so um i i just tend to fill in around and then the other thing that i try to do a lot of is just like movement to do a lot of the things that i'm doing so i mostly bike to work instead of driving and um i yeah just just trying to stay moving most of the day and i feel like that's worked i, d- I never did a lot of really really long training runs for for the canadian death race like i I think that my longest run before that, um, in training for that was probably about 30 K. Like I didn't do, um, I, and, and I l- reading about it, like, I don't think there's a whole lot of value to doing something so much longer because the, the bigger thing is just staying on your feet for a long, long you don't mm-hmm. have to be running. I imagine yeah. there's like a huge mental aspect of that too. Like mm-hmm. after you get so far into it, it's, it's great that the, the body can hold up, but like, how do you keep going after that? Yeah, <laughs> I, yeah, that's something I kind of like. Is it boring out there, or is it what? Or is it enjoyable? Or yeah, it's 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 really enjoyable. It's definitely not boring. Um, I I think in a uh, in in an ultra marathon, partly because you're you're going through um, a lot of really beautiful scenery like that. Like it's it's really to me, it's kind of like an adventure. You're you're doing covering the distance of like what a lot of people would do in a multi day hike, but doing it all mm-hmm. in a, in a 24 hour period. Um, and then 
the if if you get bored by the scenery, which which doesn't really happen, but if you did, you're not going to get bored with like all of the strange things that are just going on in your head. Like it's there's a there's nonstop the 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 aspect of just being in a race and and um, starting to partway through feel like things are breaking down and then hitting some low points and getting through that and it's just a bit of a roller coaster to to ride. Mm-hmm. So I I actually find that that's something really neat about a. Okay. A race is, it's it's taking so long that you can hit some pretty big lows, but then recover from it and and yeah. try and get through that. Yeah, that's pretty cool. The, the one thing I found with the we did the twelve hours last year, mm-hmm. and it literally was just around around here around Frame Lake, mm-hmm. and uh, at the end of it, I felt like it was three hours. I felt like that was no different than a three hour run. Time mm-hmm. didn't mean anything. Yeah. It just turns off. Is that does that happen to you too or? Oh, absolutely, yeah. I, I don't know how it's going to be doing this this track race, doing, running around the yeah. track for, for a while. That That's going to be more of, I, I think the hardest thing with that is going to be a mental aspect. And yeah. and even knowing that, like in a lot of ultras, you you can't really stop until you get to the next aid station. But when you're running around a track, your aid station is like only... <laughs> yeah. 200 to 300 meters away, mm-hmm. so... <laughs> you see it the whole time. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I want to hear a little bit more about the Sinister yeah. Seven. Yeah. <laughs> was, you know, was, the question I was thinking was, I just wanted you to describe what it's like. You show up, mm-hmm. like maybe the yeah. day before yeah. you show up. How do you get into the mindset of the 100 miles and, and what is it like being starting? And, yeah. yeah. It's it's a pretty cool experience. And it, so Sinister Seven's down in Crow's Nest Pass. And so you're right in the mountains um, and getting there the day before. And um, I, uh, I ended up, you know, they, they had a tent, area where so my wife and I just ended up camping down uh down there which probably wasn't the best idea because a train runs through Christmas Pass and so I was already like stressing about the rays and then the train ran through in the middle of the night and I probably only got like a couple hours sleep but um I yeah so I I think if I was going to do it again I probably would just rent a place to stay but um uh but we were we were already camping that summer and and it's it, it, there's definitely a a huge build up around the race like a ton of people are there they've um and and then starting it in in the morning like you it 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 started down in one section of Crow's Nest Pass and finished in uh in another community in in the past but you're kind of going through a mixture of running into the mountains and then coming back down into the town and then running back up into the mountains and back into a different area of the town and just these these different loops through there um and it yeah it's it's it, it was a it was really fun a lot of there were a lot of people at the aid stations that really got into it like and especially once things got later into the night like there was one aid station that was like um you could hear it before you saw it because you, you the you, you just hear this like electronic dance music and then suddenly <laughs> you get cool. through the trees and there's um flashing lights and they basically like hit made up this aid station like a, as if it was this big dance party and <laughs> yeah it was pretty fun so uh is would you just be doing like your your fueling at the aid stations or do you got stuff with you the whole time or i i did a mixture so i i brought some of my own um uh, my own stuff like i had um i i don't do gels i find that they just don't sit very well in my mouth but i i do i really like um uh, some of the, the like cliff energy blocks and um and okay. uh honey stingers like like ones that are you can chew on yeah and um and then i also use uh tailwind nutrition like the the, the 
powder that you mix with water. And I find that those settle with my stomach pretty well. Would you be doing this like just whenever you get the urge for it, or do you have like a set thing where you're gonna like, all right, every hour and a half I need to eat one of these bars? Uh, I, I, I would, I would kind of wing it. I like, I, yeah, I'd, I'd like, I'd try to make sure I was getting in some calories, but I definitely wasn't timing it. Um, I, yeah, like I, I'd make sure that between aid stations, I'd at some point try to consume some calories, and then usually when I get to aid stations, that's usually when I try to eat some real food. Like okay. I'd. Um, Do they have anything good? Uh, yeah, <laughs> it, 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 I really like some of these big races. They, they, I feel like they've really figured out nutrition for people that are going and, and I, there are definitely some people that that um like you know i, I think if, if you're doing a long race like it's you, you just want to eat real good food and, and there are a lot of people that are going Makes out sense. there just to have a, have a good time so i there are definitely some where like people were like you know cooking quesadillas and, oh. uh, <laughs> when, nice. I, when i did um zion my favorite thing that i had was in the because in the middle of the night when i was feeling like really low was just ramen noodles because there's just so much salt in there. Oh, yeah. Just this big, like salty, brothy water, and then the noodles, and it just—I I don't know—it was something like getting that in the middle of the night. It that's really going good. on my list. That, yeah, that's totally on the yeah. list. Oh yeah, I'm I'm totally bringing that to the twenty-four. Yeah, yeah. you're gonna set up a ramen noodle. Yeah, I gotta yeah. get a, get a I should be writing this stuff down. Yeah. yeah. Well, we gotta record it. Okay. Oh, <laughs> So when you're on that, are they feeding you, or is that so they so they have food at the aid stations? I would, I would usually bring some of my own stuff as well, just like because I like because um, you don't really know what they're gonna have at the mm-hmm. aid stations, and it's good to have some food that you're comfortable with. So the, the first uh, the first few aid stations at Sinister to Seven, my wife was meeting me there, and um, and so I had um, I I made some like peanut butter and banana wraps and. Um, yeah, just like some some things that I knew sat well with my stomach. Yeah, because race training is mental, it's physical, and mm-hmm. then it's food. Like, yeah, I, like you have to train your stomach to, to mm-hmm. take this food. Yeah, as soon as your stomach shuts down. <laughs> yeah, de- definitely you don't want to be going into it only eating what they're providing you because that yeah I think that's that's asking for an upset stomach. Yeah. How. Uh, would you be running like mostly by yourself during this whole event, or would, would you uh, be in groups? For the most part, I I feel like I was in. Um, it was probably about half and half. Like I, I would run with some a group of people for a little bit, and then run on my own for a little bit. And it was usually like you'd run with with some people long enough, um, where you'd be kind of at the same pace, and at some point, someone would go a little faster and, and slower, and and we all like it was. Um, I feel like that that's something I really liked about. Uh, ultra races is every, everyone was all working together like it's it um, especially going into the night time that's that's really when I ran with other people the most because running when it's dark out um, it's through the woods and in Sinister 7 it also got really muddy oh. and and so everyone just slowed right down at night and it was and and mm. so yeah the, the, everyone was really supportive so. so you're kind of benefiting from the multiple headlights and totally yeah, yeah. Yeah. Headlamps, rather. <laughs> yeah, like the the one of the 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 aid stations that I got to at night. You you get before the sixth leg of, of Sinister Seven, which is is really the, the toughest one. You get to this one aid station, and then you do a um uh, you loop loop out from it and basically go up this huge hillside and come back and eventually come back down to the same aid station. Um, and so there were a few guys that I was running with 
uh, up until then. And we actually all waited till everyone had fueled before we, we all took off from that aid station. So we had, we just took off together, um, which was which was great because going going into there it was it was pitch black and yeah. we were all we were all pretty <laughs> tired and mentally <laughs> a little yeah. bit out of it. So yeah, that must be pretty interesting to to because you're there's people trying to win, mm-hmm. but but everybody's still working together at times yeah. and. Well, and I, I think unless you're in, unless you're in like the top two or three, like I had no idea where I was in the back. Like, oh, yeah. I, like, a, you know, I, I, um, yeah, I, I, I knew it, what my time was cause I was measuring that, but, but yeah, you just don't know how many people are ahead of you. And, and I think in, um, in that kind of a race, I'm not, I don't really ask anybody how I'm, I'm doing because there's, there's, there are too many other factors going on to, to yeah. think about rather than just sort of where I am in the And what, what good would it do? Because yeah. now you know you're, maybe if you ran a little harder, but that might mm-hmm. actually make you lose. Yeah, yeah, so. absolutely. So. Yeah. Wow, no, that's, that's incredible. It's still hard to wrap my head around <laughs> just running that length of time. Mm-hmm. But, and uh, I, I guess both of you oh. guys are... Well, just how long did it take you to do Sinister Seven? Twenty three hours and forty. It's like five, either forty two or forty three. Because Zion and Sinister Seven, I it was it was almost exactly the same time for both of them. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, which was my my goal with Sinister Seven was to run it as fast as Zion, just because Sinister Seven was a bit of a tougher race in terms of elevation gain. So mm-hmm. um, uh, yeah, so that was it, it was like within minutes of of that. Yeah, main wow. main goal is uh, sub twenty four hours, which yeah, you can't get much closer. Yeah, I guess yeah. you have twenty minutes. <laughs> yeah, and did yeah. you regret not walking a bit more? Uh, no. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, yeah, yeah, there was a lot of walking involved. Is yeah. like when, once you get to that, like a, you're you're hiking all the hills going up. And, yeah, yeah, isn't that a funny thing with uh, the concept of ultra running where y- you tell somebody you're going to run twenty four hours. And they're like, oh, you're going to run 24 hours. And they seem to envision that you're going to run physically mm-hmm. 24 hours. But you don't do that. Yeah. No. No, it's, yeah, there's, there was definitely a lot of walking. And, and in some sections, it was like when we were going up this hillside and on leg six, it was like, walk, 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 stop. And like, I, I, I used poles, so I'd plant my poles down and be like, oh God. Yeah. And then, of course, there was some... Um, because uh, there was also a relay going on, so there were some of the relay racers that oh. would be like kind of flying by with like t- tons of energy. And <laughs> yeah, yeah. Those people must be annoying. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> there, there were there were some funny aspects of the race though that were definitely geared to the relay racers. So at the like at the um, I, the the electronic dance um, aid station, they they didn't just have electronic dance music. They also had a full bar, um, <laughs> which of course like I, I don't think I can't imagine any of the um, the, the, the full ultra racers would have stopped there because I, if I, if I had had one drink, I would have ended up just in like a bank passed out somewhere <laughs> like, would, have, would have not turned out well, but, uh, yeah, I think for some of the, the relay teams, they had a good time. And, yeah. Yeah. So after a race like that, what happens after I, I, I picture like you just completely crash and sleep for 24 hours afterwards, but yeah. How, it, how do you feel? It wasn't, it wasn't 24 hours, but I definitely went to the car and just like, slept in like I rolled out my sleeping bag and just passed out oh, yeah yeah, so it was, yeah it, it, I, I I was out of it so yeah but, I, but actually I'm curious so that's the sleeping part but what happens after 
Because here, when a race ends, it's like, okay, see you, going home. <laughs> yeah. Is there, like, a celebration? Then... Yeah, they, they had a, later that, um, I, that morning and early afternoon, they actually had a, um, I, like, a, a big brunch, and so you could go af- afterward. And that, that was great, because, like, brunch <laughs> food is a really good thing to have after you just ran an ultra yeah. marathon. It's all, like greasy and delicious and salty <laughs> and um i and and then they had an award ceremony as well and um uh, and actually, so, so that was they they did a pretty good job of putting it all together yeah wow the um i uh, and it I, I think because they had quite a few sponsors like they they really had sort of like a headquarters for the the race that everyone gathered mm-hmm. at afterward mm. yeah Cool. And do you take like uh two or three days off afterward or <laughs> Yeah, I, or I I probably didn't I don't think I ran the whole week after that. Or if I did it was like a very slow jog. Um yeah. Yeah, I, I definitely don't don't after after something like that I'm not pushing it at all. Yeah. After Zion I ended up um having some pretty bad tendonitis of my knees and I, I really like took it easy and got mm. some physio and oh, yeah. Okay. So yeah. I guess that's another thing too, like during those races, I like your whole body would take like such a pounding. Like even during it, do you get blisters during there, uh, part of the way through, or just e- like any annoying uh, minor things throughout that sort of like. Yeah, I think um, I and that that's probably really where there's like a a good you know, learn from a lot of mistakes with it. So one thing I learned from I uh, after after running. Canadian death race from somebody else was running in in like toe socks is a lot nicer than running in in, really? in regular socks just because you, you get less blisters along, along yeah. your along your toes um they get like it uh anyone doing that long of a race needs to have like an anti-chafing strategy yeah. <laughs> <laughs> mostly because I feel like the 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 most embarrassing thing for me would be if I had to like back out of a race just because I had chafed too much like that would be yeah. so bad <laughs> but but yeah like it's it like it's a serious problem um, so work that into your long runs and figure out what works for you um I yeah that's an unusual one you could do nothing and and have a perfectly good run for hours yeah and then another time go for an hour and just totally chafe up it doesn't yeah. make sense sometimes yeah yeah the uh there was um, there's like a roll on sort of anti chafing roll that mm-hmm. I got from that, that's, that's the one that works for me. So I feel like that's a, yeah, where you figure out your products and figure, figure out what works. But yeah. Yeah. Someone is suggesting squirrel nut butter for my feet squirrel during nut the, the 24 hour. Yeah. It's called squirrel nut butter. I don't think it's made of nuts. Okay. I just think it's, that's just the name. Oh, I was picturing the peanut butter. Because isn't there a peanut butter? There might squirrel. be. Yeah, <laughs> but well, I didn't I take it the wrong way. It's like a way to get chased by bears. <laughs> that was a suggestion for feet. Even in my run yesterday, I got blisters on my feet. Mm-hmm. So I know not to use certain socks. Yeah. That's but. <laughs> so you do have another race coming up pretty soon. Mm-hmm. Uh, local one. Uh, you're you're taking part in the uh, the six twelve twenty four hour race. Yeah. Uh, what's what's your goal? What are you hoping to do? I well, I, my my primary goal is run a hundred miles. Like I think that's I've been able to do that in twenty four hours. So I, th- I think I should be able to do that. the The hard thing though is is really going to be that mental piece of it. Like that's that's the <laughs> I think the thing that I'm trying to figure out a bit of a strategy for is like how I'm going to pace through it. 
so I, I think I'd, I'd like to do 100 miles and then figure out uh, once once I've hit that point then just see how far I can go after and that's a, a an unusual spot too because my goal is 100 kilometers and if I if I hit 100 kilometers I don't know if I'm going to mentally shut down like I did mm-hmm. it I hit my goal yeah well, and what's the point what is there afterwards right I'm not yeah. going to hit 100 miles but <laughs> yeah. I've, been, I've been contemplating that too is how do you push past the the goal mm-hmm. that you set yeah so. yeah like I've got a few I, and and similarly with a lot of other races I've done like I always have kind of this um some some lofty potentially unattainable goals that that but that are, are just floating around in there and I, I think it's still always like I, there, there's always that balance of making sure that they're they're around but not um but not taking over so that they're not they're not setting you up to run too fast off the start like i like i don't i don't think it would be a smart idea for me to start the race being like okay i'm gonna run 240 kilometers or something and then and then stick it starting the race on pace for that kind of a thing but if but if i got to um i yeah if i got to 100 miles and i was like you know why don't i do do another 20k more and and keep going and yeah see where it goes yeah see where it goes how long do you think it would take you to do a hundred miles? If perfect a, world. <laughs> perfect world. Yeah, that's a good question. Because again, like I, I, I really don't know how it's going to be running on that track because there's no like that. On one hand, I knowing that there there's very little elevation, um, and I, and and like I'm going to have easy access to nutrition and that that sort of thing. It's like I think I could potentially go really quickly, but. I, I think it's I think it's going to be the mental piece that's that's going to make it tougher. So, in in some ways, I, I think it's going to be harder than I actually anticipated it'll be. So I I really actually don't know. Yeah. One of the things I think is going to be a big mental tough thing in this race is um, there'll be a lot of walkers, mm-hmm. and not to run around them because we'll make a certain lane for mm-hmm. running. Um, but but having walkers there and it's great. Uh, mm-hmm. I'm really happy that they're there. Uh, but it also for myself, I'm running just a little bit faster than they're walking, and mm-hmm. I find sometimes that can be a real demotivator for me. Mm-hmm. Um, just being close to it, it, again, they're doing great things too, mm-hmm. but I, I do find that to be a bit demotivating. We'll have to get horse blinders, so yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I can only see in front of you. Well, I'm, I'm definitely gonna do. There, are definitely gonna be some walking miles on that for yeah. sure. Like I, I, I think what I might end up doing is splitting it up, where like doing. Um, set, setting specific times almost as if I'm running to an aid station and then once I get to that point then do a, um, a few laps walking and then go back to running afterward like so, so I don't I, I don't stop moving and, and have everything seize up but then I'm yeah. also just getting a bit of a break hmm. yeah do you think you'll sleep? no no, no I it's just going to so. be on on the whole I, time yeah I don't <laughs> I don't think I'll it, if I slept in the I Maybe if I were able to lie down for like fifteen minutes or something like that, like that, I think that would probably be the only amount of time that would be beneficial. But if I tried to sleep beyond that, I think I would just feel worse. So yeah, yeah. So how much how much thinking is too much thinking about this race beforehand for you? Because a lot of people can really psych themselves out. Like if I told you how much kilometers per hour a hundred miles is for twenty four hours, would that just be like, oh, I don't want to think about it? Yeah. I don't, I, I, um, my, the, the way that I've gone into a lot of races is I actually don't 
try to, to like, I, I try to tell myself not to overthink it because, um, because I've definitely seen that where, like, I think in, in, with Zion, I, I think that that was actually one thing that ended up hurting, harming me more than, than benefiting me with that race was I, I was actually overthinking it. And it was like a hard, it was a really hard time of the year to be doing it. It was, um, it was around, um, in April. And so I was training through the winter up here and I got down to the States and just kind of had this idea of like, I'm, yeah, yeah, yeah. I haven't put in enough kilometers. Am I going to be able to do this? And so I, I was kind of psyching myself out. Um, and, uh, and I think that that's where, yeah, you could totally ruin a race that, that way. So yeah, yeah. I like more, my, my strategy for training is not, not trying to set, like having a general idea of what I need to go and then also some general boundaries so that I don't injure myself. But then beyond that, once I get to the race, I think and no matter what, I just have to say to myself, like, I, I, I'm going to go and do whatever I can and, and know that I've put in the, the work and yeah. Yeah. Go from there. So yeah, I'm not, I'm not going to, going to, going to think about it too much. <laughs> Are you going to be distracted by the disco bar station? <laughs> <laughs> disco bar station? Well, I knew that there was just going to be a disco. I knew there was going to be a disco bar station. You know, we're up in the game now. Oh, dear. Yeah. Um, uh, no. <laughs> I, I'll probably stop and uh, have, have... Like, I'm really excited about the fact that it's going to be all close together, and that's something yeah. that's going to make it really fun. Is, is like This will be pro- way more social of a... Um, I have an ultra marathon that I've ever done because yeah, yeah people you'll actually have time to stop and talk to people at the aid station. Oh, for sure. And, um, I'm also really excited about the fact that it's in June and so we're gonna have so much light. And yeah, like I, I think that that's something that's so cool about doing a race in the summer up here that mm-hmm. compared to anywhere else in the world is. Yeah, you get it, it might get a little bit buggy. Uh, yeah, tor- toward the end or <laughs> but. Good point. Uh, we'll, we'll see how it goes. Or, make us think about bugs. Yeah, that's a good reason to keep running. <laughs> don't, yeah. don't, don't stop because the bugs will get you. Yeah. That's true. I'll keep you going. How many people are expecting to be at the track camp? Uh, there's 42 people who might be at the track at one point, mm-hmm. but it's really the busiest time is going to be 9 a.m. to 6 or 9 a.m. to 3. Mm-hmm. And then after that, there's about 23 of us or 20, 24 of us so far wow. for the 12 hours and the 24 people there's five 12 hour people and then the rest there's like i think seven yeah 17 actually 17 24 hour mm-hmm. i can't believe it yeah but they're not all based at the track mm-hmm. so you and i are we're going head to head oh yeah uh, we're in the same category awesome <laughs> yeah but yeah but it, I'm, I'm excited to see that because that's that's a lot of people that are doing 24 hours like, yeah it's nuts isn't it yeah <laughs> it's great to see and I don't know more than half of them. I have no idea who they are. Mm-hmm. So it would be really neat to, to get to know them. It's one of the things that sort of where this whole podcast sort of came about is we, there's a lot of like people that do these sort of events that mm-hmm. always catch us off guard how many how much interest there is mm-hmm. out there for it. Do, do you think it's like a growing sport? or I, I kind of wonder if there is like more... It's just gaining more interest than it was years ago and it's more out there but yeah I well I think so because I definitely I feel like more people are talking about doing like marathons and ultra marathons now as kind of the that 
like mental barrier of, of it being um, like it, like it's still really difficult to do, but but more the I think I think gr growing up sometimes when I hear people talking about some of these races, it would almost be like this unachievable thing or 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 just straight up like that's wacky like like that people <laughs> run that far and that, then you hear about more of it and more races are are happening at, uh, all all over the world at these kinds of distances and yeah so it's it, it's pretty amazing yeah yeah oh, for sure yeah. and like i i would always picture the ultra marathon like some of the larger marathons that sometimes they would tack on like a 50 kilometer course and you just got like a handful of people mm -hmm. used to sign up and do it but it was always just the marathon was the the big event but well, i seem to think like these are expanding and getting bigger and bigger so. yeah what do you think an ultra is a lot of people like just above 42 is an ultra but that, that's how I've, I've thought of it is it really is like anything above 42 kilometers yeah i think it's, it's would be considered an ultra yeah yeah i I, I, I feel like there's, there's no real set distance for it. It's just... It's whichever, keep whatever you want. And it seems like for, further up from there, like, I, um, yeah, they just kind of keep increasing the distances. Because I, for a while, all I was seeing was something like 100 miles. And then in the States, they've got, like, 200-mile races. Oh, yeah. yeah. It's, it's crazy. It's wild. It just keeps getting bigger and bigger. <laughs> yeah. What, what do you have left on your list? Like, uh, is there... Do you have like a race that you still need to do, or a few bucket list races, or? Yeah, that's a good question. I um, like I, I have some ideas of some that I'd really like to do. Like I, I'd, at some point, I'd really, I'd love to go down and do Western States. I think that would be a, a really interesting race to do. But it's uh, it's down it's kind of the the, the big hundred miler in the states. Okay. Yeah. Um, but uh, other than that, in in Canada, like I, I, Squam, Squamish, they have the, like the, the Squamish 50k and 50 mile races, like I'd love to head over and do those races as well. Um, yeah, I, I think, I, I, so one of the things I like about ultra running is it's a really neat way to just explore an area, and so that's, uh, most of the races I think about doing are here in North America, though. Oh, cool. Yeah. No, no 5Ks. The East Coast or anything like that. <laughs> not, not, not at this point. Partly because it's, it's a long, long ways to travel. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, uh, yeah. Not, not, not anytime soon. Maybe after the pandemic. Okay. We've been debating an idea about doing a fastest mile race. Yeah. Is that something that intrigues you? I think that would be pretty, pretty fun. We used to, in, so my hometown, they used to do uh, a mile on Canada Day, and it was. Um, it was just down the main street, like one mile, and it always happened right before the Canada Day Parade. Oh. And so, yeah, it's and it, it, it is a pretty fun like spectator sport to see you're doing a mile race. I, I would do that. It would be pretty fun. Yeah. 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 There you we, go. We might look into it. <laughs> yeah. Should do like the the like like uptown to old town mile. Oh, like that's what else thing. I'd love to get that. Franklin Hill, the downhill part yeah. of it. It'd be really like, yeah, it'd be exciting. It'd be brutal. We get some past time, so. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. No, good great. stuff. Yeah. yeah. Well, I had some questions. I I said to somebody, <laughs> these are these are uh, 
geared to you because I was talking to somebody about the fact that you've done the Sinister Seven, mm-hmm. and uh, and they had some questions. Oh, there's quite a few. Just a sec. <laughs> I, I hope you don't mind. Oh no worries. Yeah. But and I think we got kind of some of this. Like, what is it like to run remote uh, by yourself in the night with a headlamp and wildlife? Um. And wildlife. And wildlife. <laughs> yeah. Because that's the thing, because some of those races, I'm sure there's always the risk of wildlife being there. Well, and when I I was doing Canadian Deathweight race, we actually, we we didn't see the mom, but we saw two cubs, and I, like, I, I, that, that kind of sketched me out, because I was like, you you know the mom's around somewhere, and, Mm. and there were a few racers that were like, oh, if we all go up as a group, then we'll, and (laughs) I'm like, maybe that might work for a a lone bear, but a mama bear is just going to go and. (laughs) <laughs> she's, yeah. she's not going to care if there's one or 20 people she's going to defend her cubs but um i yeah so so in that situation like a bunch of us just collected as a group hung out at the b- bottom of this hill where we knew the cubs were made a ton of noise and then eventually went up once we knew they were gone wow but um in uh yeah i that that was one one reason why at, at night a lot of a lot of us just preferred to try and stick stick together as a group um i i carried with because like bear spray is pretty heavy, and so I didn't carry any bear spray when, um, I what I I uh, I friend because uh, Ty uh, Hamilton he also did the Sinister Seven like we both did it together, and he grabbed us both um uh, coyote spray. Oh. It's like the dog maze, <laughs> so I called it my hail mary spray, where it's like you know it it it's it's not gonna work to like deter the bear, but if it's eating your leg then maybe it might stop it <laughs> or spice you up <laughs> or spice me up yeah i'll be like yeah uh, a hot meal um do you yeah. wear a bell like a bear bell no nope. yeah i like i when i've run on my own um every now and then i'll just like shout out every if i'm like really out and and i haven't seen anyone in a long time i'll just make a bit of noise yeah um i feel like that's just a smart way to go and make sure that if any anything's around the corner, at least it knows I'm coming. Yeah. Um, run, running with getting investing in a good headlamp is a really good idea because uh, a lot of them can can light up a, a good chunk of the the yeah. um, uh, the trail as well. That's I feel like that's pretty pretty key too. Uh, do you bring two headlamps with you or just? Yeah, well, I, I the one that I had had um, like it has a rechargeable battery, and then I also I also got a battery pack for like mm. that could just take triple um, uh, A's so. Yeah, yeah, there's definitely... A, well, I think most races you have to ca- actually carry a separate headlamp anyway as part of the mandatory gear oh, okay. in case you in case one goes out. I did the Klondike, mm-hmm. and have you, you know the Klondike and Skagway I, to Whitehorse? I didn't, I just did the princess leg. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was 21 kilometers, and people were running that thing without a headlamp at all, and it was pitch black in oh the mountains. God. I couldn't believe that they could yeah. do it. I couldn't see anything with a headlamp on. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> In uh, Sinister Seven, going up this hillside, there was um, I, one racer, and she had a one of those belt lamps, but it was like I don't know, like hundreds of lumens, and it was oh. it was it, it was kind of crazy because you it's it's the middle of the night, everyone was really tired, and I see this I can't see the person, I can just see this floating <laughs> thing, and it looks like this UFO that's like making its way up the the uh, the hillside. Yeah, but, like she had like tons of vision. It was it was amazing. So it's, uh, it's not on the gear checklist for uh, cams six twelve twenty four. No, you don't so need it. Don't need to worry. We're, we're not going to need a headlamp. <laughs> but I do want a belt lamp. That's a really I'd never heard of that before. That does. Yeah. 
Also, there's a couple more questions. They're asked what kind of things you packed for gear and drop bags. Did um, you do drop bags? Yeah, I did. Uh, well, and, and for for um, well, both both Sun and Sinister Seven. Um, at Sinister Seven, I did drop bags particularly for the the late aid stations because like I, I knew I was going to be going in the middle of the night and um, I for for Marlies to meet me at the end of the race like it was just it, it wouldn't have been safe to drive like to throughout the night and then mm. <laughs> drive to to pick me up in the in the morning so um, I yeah so I just did drop bags and that that actually worked pretty well like they the races have a really good system and so I'd. I'd usually make sure that my drop bags I had, um, I had a variety of clothes to change if I needed to, um, uh, some of my own food and snacks, um, at the, like t planning out a timeline for when I was going to need something like my headlamp. Cause, um, I, you, yeah, I don't need to carry it for the whole daytime part of the race. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm trying to think what else, just a, a lot of like basic kind of health and safety stuff mm -hmm. like having moleskin and for first aid supplies and that even even though at, at the races they generally also had a lot of those those types of things too um and um yeah i think that's that's mostly it. a lot of food like yeah. just yeah just anticipate like I, I feel like you can't go wrong just packing way more food than you're anticipating throwing in the drop bags and then that way you've got a variety of things to choose from better yeah. be safe than sorry yeah they asked another question. What what did uh, what did you get in the middle of nowhere? Oh shoot! Uh, what did you wish that you? When you're in the middle of nowhere, what did you wish you didn't bring? Oh, what, what did I like? What was I carrying that I wish I wasn't? Yeah. carrying. That's a good. You didn't have anything weighing you down too much. Or? No, I think yeah. The, do, the, the whole time. Do you run with the hydration pack? Yeah, like I have a, I have a vest, and so I I usually have like a couple extra layers um in there and yeah every, everything that that i was carrying i generally was like the um i uh, yeah the the one the one thing that like i had to carry this but i wish i had didn't have to carry it in canadian death race you have to carry this coin that's like um it's a part, part of the races mm. is you on the last leg you get to a river and there's a boat crossing and there's a guy dressed as um, oh. as, as like the boatman, so he's like he's got like a like a skull mask on and 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 you have to give him the coin to take you across the river oh, okay like oh. the greek myth and yeah and so but you have to have this coin with you to do it and so the the whole race as you're getting through the night and like and getting more and more tired like it's it's a non-stop thing like even though i had it in a zip pocket like i just had this fear that somehow it was gonna like fall out what happens <laughs> if you don't have it yeah i think they'd probably let you finish the oh. race but you might you <laughs> might get dnf'd if you didn't have it so, yeah they're not gonna leave you on the side of the, <laughs> the course that's so cool yeah yeah and then um what did you wish you had in the middle of nowhere what i wish i had um whether in um i i but Sinister Seven, um, I uh, had a toenail that was like <laughs> digging in, and there was oh, one no. at one point where I was like, I wish I had a pair of toenail clippers. <laughs> and so I, I ended up um, getting to the aid station and like uh, finding Marlies, and was just like, run to the car, go get me some toenail clippers, and <laughs> in the back because it was just like, <laughs> yeah, it, it, little things like that. Like once it starts digging in, and you're just like rounding your your um, your toes in. So I was. That's that's definitely a like a learning point. Make sure you figure out your nail hygiene before, yeah, <laughs> beforehand. Like it's not it's not like 
anything was really long, but it's just yeah, when you're running that that long and hammering down some hills, you can a little thing like that can get really really nasty. No, good stuff. Yeah, you've um, you've said a, a number of times about your crew. That's a unsung hero of it all, eh? Like, oh yeah, how would you do this without a crew? Yeah, yeah, it's it definitely like yeah, like um, yeah, Marley's was. Uh, a, a saint <laughs> getting going through that and it, like Canadian death race she was meeting me at all of the aid stations and that's a it's a long day for, yeah. for a crew member so have you crewed for her I uh, no because it was part of the reason uh, well like I've met her but all the races that she's actually signed up for um were ones that I was also running in <laughs> so oh. <laughs> so she um like we we both did uh Grizzly Ultra Marathon together so we were running at the same time um the when I did Zion, she had signed up initially for the half marathon, but then actually switched to the fifty k last minute. Um, and the for Zion, the uh, um, the 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 ultra like the um, my ultra finished right before her fifty k started. So I actually mm. I actually crossed the finish line, and like twenty minutes later, she took off. So I like just got to see her before she she left. But then yeah. all the aid stations were. Um, far away so I I was sleeping while she was running <laughs> yeah well, that's one of the big advices is if you're racing you don't be a crew for somebody else yeah if, even if it's after your race you need to rest and you just mm -hmm. put your best effort in so mm -hmm. yeah oh, cool oh, good. good stuff I have lots of questions but I think that we could go on for like a lot of the time. <laughs> an hour or two or we go on all day about this <laughs> but uh, we Thank you very much for your time and thanks for coming and we really appreciate this and uh, we're, we'll be cheering you on and wishing you all the best at the uh, upcoming 6 12 24 hour race yeah thanks it's, yeah it's gonna be fun welcome steve to the bonus round uh it's can't... a bonus round now <laughs> <laughs> it was a speed round two seconds ago bonus, That's okay. bonus speed <laughs> round, yeah. we never remember we, the names of you <laughs> I think we agreed it's not quick, so yeah, it's we'll, not. we'll brand it the bonus round. <laughs> the bonus round. Uh, Cam and I are going to ask you 10 rapid-fire questions. We'll try to be as rapid-fire as we can, and you'll try to give us answers as quick as, quick as you can. At the end, you either get all the points or none of the points. Uh, we'll, we'll figure out what to do with the points later. <laughs> are you ready? Yeah. All right. What is the most scenic race you've ever taken part in? I, I think Sinister 7 is probably the most... Or, oh, actually, no, that's a hard question, because Zion was beautiful, too. Uh, for different reasons. That's so both. <laughs> it's like making him try to choose his favorite kid <laughs> yeah, or something. That's a silly answer, yeah. but yeah, no, both. both. Yeah, yeah, Zion was actually really gorgeous. Yeah, it's, it's, yeah, the desert's just incredible. Nice. What'll be your go-to snack on the June 26th, uh, the June 26th race? Um, so, I, like, oh, I guess... It, as a go-to is the one I'm going to be eating the most often or the one that I'm going to be really excited about? It's, you got to choose. Oh, okay. <laughs> well, I'm going to say the, the, the midnight like ramen noodles. That's going to be a good one. And then um, I'm going to have a jar of pickles. And that's, oh, uh, pickles. Yeah. <laughs> nice. I hear that. Pickle juice is supposed to be great for... So that, that was like definitely a pick-me-up that I learned in, in Sinister 7. It was super hot. I was feeling low. I ate a pickle. I felt amazing. Oh. So, Yeah. <laughs> Electrolytes in you. Yeah. Well, so if I want to beat him, I got to eat pickles. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> uh, what uh, What's your current uh, shoe uh, brand? Um, ultra mostly. So yeah, I mostly run an ultra superiors. What is your kryptonite? 
I, I think for me it's, it's probably going going out too fast and then also getting into a negative headspace like I, like I, I feel like that can really slow me down and, and that, that's that's a hard thing to, to get out of uh, do you prefer what time of day do you prefer to run uh, yeah, either morning or early afternoon uh, what is your pace going to be for the, the race the big race they're kind I, of race centric they're yeah, all uh, around I, I'd, <laughs> I'd like to try and go like about like six minute kilometers like I feel like I'd like to see if I can hold that for most of it and so average out like 10 kilometers an hour for the first while and see how that goes but uh that that's probably going to be off the start and then we'll, we'll see where things are at after eight or ten hours supplemental question what's your average pace just a normal zone one comfortable mm-hmm. forever pace and over what distance or mm-hmm. no what forever. distance right like if i was just heading out and feeling like i was just normal yeah. run yeah come get home I don't know, go shopping after. Yeah, probably like four, four forty-five, four fifty, something like that. Like I feel like that's pretty, nice. pretty good. Yeah. Uh oh, I'm gonna get stumped. Uh, what's, what's your favorite distance to run? Together, like a preferred distance. I used to say a half marathon, uh, <laughs> because I I really liked that distance to race. Um, and and just going going for like. Sunday run like anywhere like 20 to 30 kilometers is a, I, 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 yeah a, a good one to go but yeah I, I'm really liking like the, the long long distance ultras for sure so yeah yeah what is your favorite route in town I the the technical side of frame like trail like, like I especially heading up towards Jackfish Lake where it goes you kind of get up on top of that little hillside you can see Jackfish Lake like I I didn't know about that spot for so long until... Um, Hidden gem. Yeah, yeah, I really like that area. Uh, do you run with or without music? Both, yeah. Depends, <laughs> depends on the day. Uh, yeah, I, there, there's some days when I'm kind of like all about like no music and that, and there are some other days when I'm just like, I just want to play something really loud. <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> Last one. Yeah, are you motivated by Strava results? not really i don't actually go on strava as, as much like i, I like I, I post on i use it as a um a way of monitoring things but i don't find i, I find i'm more motivated by like what the, talking to other people and about what what everyone's doing nice cool yeah. well that's perfect i think we're just under an hour so. yeah well well done uh, thanks again for coming out and yeah good luck with everything this summer yeah thank you it's yeah. very fun